From Television City in Hollywood. Welcome to All in the Podcast. We're back. We're uh, a little buzzed this we're, week. We're a little buzzed. We're like, a little buzzed. Girl, it's going to be an event. This Gus brought over some boxed wine, and we are... Okay, it's Argentine. Okay, no, no one needed to know that. I just wanted to it's, grab people the it's illusion that we're... wine of Argentine. It's a 2010, very, very classic Cabernet Sauvignon. Dwayne Reed. You picked up on your way home from the village. From uh, yeah, from CVS. No, I actually got it from Sunset <laughs> from Liquors, right, right in your corner. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Oh, so it is box wine. It's yes, cheaper. Yeah. No, literally. Got it out of the trunk of a car that someone was selling in a Seven Eleven parking lot. I looked right? up liquor stores and couldn't find any. I was like, I'm going to Sunset Park, so <laughs> someone will be just giving wine out. I guess it's such a situation in Sunset Park when it's like the sun's going down. I don't know why. Cause sunset. Yeah. Oh, I get it. I know why. I get it. I, I was a just buzz. staring at you, waiting for you to get it. I didn't get it. Yeah, I did not get it at so all. So this week's episode of All in this the Podcast. Week's, this is one of my favorite episodes of all time. It's a lot of fun. It's a great episode. So this episode is season two, episode four, and it's called Edith Writes a Song. Which is an interesting title. I mean, like, <laughs> it makes sense. Once you've watched the episode, you know why that's the title right. of the episode, but... But compared to all their other episodes... That like doesn't it, really set you up for what the episode is about or what transpires in the episode. So long story short, um, Edith is playing cards with yes, Mike and give Gloria. Give us that recap. Give us that recap, Alex. Yeah, I was until you interrupted me. And, so Mike and Gloria are playing cards with, with Edith in the kitchen in the opening scene and they contribute the money, one, to what's called the family pot. Um, and they finally have $30 in the family pot. Now, apparently, according to Gloria, who has like an entire constitution drafted for the family pot, um, the family pot <laughs> literally at one point, literally at one point, she's like, according to the, the rules of the family pot, it must be deposited, decided upon by a democracy. I'm like, bitch, like, them. let's, let's calm down. Like, let's calm down. Exactly. So the whole point of the family pot is that it's like the family's piggy bank, basically, that they use for more or less any purpose that they want to as long as it's relatively important so edith writes a poem and submits it to this contest and she wins and they tell her they're going to turn her poem into a song um as long as she sends them 30 yeah it's like one of those like scams that you hear on the radio now where they're like oh if you want to be the next disney channel star come like you know give us 15 dollars and submit your audition tape and it's, it's like, like when you were a kid and you would watch those fruit roll-up commercials that it's like um if you get the right box you and your you and five of your other 10 year old friends can get your own sweet in florida and yeah so, a sweepstakes yeah yeah like a exactly. sweepstakes listen i lived for a sweepstakes i you know actually i have family friends they still collect the sweepstakes on the cereal that's a problem. It's a problem. We need to have a And I feel like them. you know who I'm talking about. I know exactly. But we're not going to name names. <laughs> we're not going to name names. But those motherfuckers have enough box, the box sweepstakes. What do you call them? The box tops. The box tops. Yeah. They have enough of them to like feed a small family in Africa. And by yeah. small family in Africa, I mean like a lot of people. You had a quickie with a nice box top yesterday, right? Um. Yes, I did. I had a quickie with a daddy. Box top. A box top. Box top. I had a quickie with a daddy who was like, I didn't realize like, cause sometimes when people are older and they like have sex with you, they're like, the daddy thing is creepy. Like, that's weird. I don't want to do it. And he just got right into it. He was like, I was taking my shirt off and he was like, 
daddy's gonna fuck you. And I was like, wow. oh my god, like I don't even have daddy issues. Oh my god, this is the, this is making me feel really uncomfortable. This is making me feel uncomfortable. Okay, so then after that, oh yes, so, right. Continue. So they finally have thirty dollars in the family pot, and they want to use it to produce Edith's song. So Archie comes back and they alert Archie to the news that Edith's song has won and he insists that he doesn't want to use the money for her song because he wants to use the money for a gun that he bought because there are two burglars in the area who have been robbing and he wants to use it for a gun and he wants to use it for this ridiculous alarm system. It's just like a tape recorder and every time you open the door you hear dogs barking and that's supposed to scare away robbers. Spoiler alert, it doesn't work. Um, also, spoiler alert. So yeah, that so that's a huge and heated debate um, among the family for like right. two seconds before the scene is over. Right. And then the next scene, they end up getting robbed by the bur. Well, they don't end up getting robbed, um, but the burglars break into their home and basically stick them up using Archie's gun. Yes. But to be fair, they're not there to rob Archie or his family or the house. They take some electrical appliances, but they're only there to avoid the cops. Until they can escape. Right. Which is an a, a, an interesting story point to bring up because it's like, I feel like if they were there to just rob them and kill them, that's a different story. That like, right. I think like the writer's room definitely found a good way to make this situation work without them, like, without getting it too serious and like, you know. And ultimately, right. they, yeah, ultimately they take nothing because... Because of Edith, yeah. So basically Edith. what happens so is, he, yeah. yeah. So Edith ends up singing her song for them, which her is... Her dumbass song. Which is fucking all terrible. All you need is love. It's basically all you need is well, love. Well, no, the first lyric of the song, um, everybody, everybody's somebody if you love them, or something along those lines, which is very, very problematic lyrics. Edith. Very problematic. Well, you said it was like the Demi Lovato song. Right. What's the name of the song? Um, Tell Me You Love Me. Tell me you love me. And she, well, she concludes the chorus of that song. And I know because I sang back up for her with the gay man's chorus. Oh my God. Alex is so cool. Um, she concludes the chorus of that song with you ain't nobody till you got somebody, which is so problematic. I mean, uh, that, right. this is a word I've used multiple times throughout this podcast. Yeah. I've used it at least eight times in every episode. But it is problematic. So yeah. So they're sitting there. I... So the reason I love this episode is because for the first time, I mean, yes, Archie has encountered black people before on this show, but never has it been like the black people that he thinks of in his head as like black people. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's always the respectable, the quote unquote respectable quote unquote, black people. What like the moving on up, the Jeffersons. Yes. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like what Archie imagines is in his head as black people, which with which Archie imagines in his head is like thieves and horrible people and people that are just going to rob you and kill you. Jigaboos, which, to, ju- use, to yes, use the episode. Exactly. Language. Jigaboos, yeah. The Jigaboos. So this is the first time Archie is has encountered like these Jigaboos that are in his house. And his reaction is just like that of a fucking pussy. It's literally just like the McNabs. Oh, what? Okay. Well, we just man to man here. Can we um? Can we talk about this? And like the the thieves are just like, wow, this this guy is such a pussy. Right. Yeah. This is so sad that we can't even rob him. Um. I mean, also. And Carol it's also Connor's Mike's facial. first time. Yes, Carol. Which we'll get to in a second because there's a lot to talk about there, but. Carol O'Connor's facial expressions Genius. I think, are at least 30% of the show's success. This see, this episode was really the like, give him give him an Emmy just for the face. Just yeah. never mind the acting, the, just the face. Yes, so to good. clarify, we're referencing the face that he makes 
So he and Edith and Gloria and Mike all go out to see a movie and they come back and they're all in a good mood because they've just seen a movie and they're all sitting in their rightful places in the living room and that's when the two burglars come downstairs. Like laughing along yeah, with Yeah, laughing them. along with them and pretend to like join in the conversation when Archie realizes that two people, two black people have broken into his home. The face that he makes is priceless. It's I, I don't so think, funny. I don't think it could be imitated. It's so funny. But the face, the other face that I laughed at was when Michael, Mike was like, can we talk Archie? just man to man and yeah. Archie turns to him and is like it's just that this bitch which thinks. honestly fair just fuck fair Mike. just fair yeah. which okay so speaking of fuck Mike um so, so I did well actually the, the daddy's name was Mike so in the episode <laughs> actually um, further along on that so wait so in the episode <laughs> I forget what Archie is saying to the two burglars that makes Mike stand up and he, like, Mike gets up and tries to rationalize. Like, he tries to talk to the burglars. And he's just like, well, you know. Right, Archie, because Archie, Archie says so- something bigoted. And the two As always. And the two black people are like, oh, we have ourselves a bigot. Yeah. And Mike is like, well, of course, yeah, he's a bigot because he doesn't Ar- understand the socioeconomic, you know. Circumstances. Cl- circumstances. That, that inspire you to commit crime right. like this. And... And the guy, yeah, yeah, one yeah. of them goes to him and he goes, oh, you're a liberal. He's a, we have a liberal and a bigot here. And a bigot here, yeah. And then um, at one point, I think Mike says something like, he, he's like, you know, yeah, Archie is really sheltered. He doesn't know what living in the ghetto is like. And the black guy goes, oh, and you do? Ooh, and that shuts that him the fuck up. was so good. And he's like, no, but I took a sociology class about it once. He was like, I'm like, studying it in my sociology class, which to me... Oh, that that was such a good moment because I hate college liberalism. It's awful. I fucking well, I actually hate college liberal, like college woke Facebook status Tumblr liberalism. Right. Well, I actually dated a guy that lives in Sunset Park, and Sunset Park is not the nicest of neighborhoods, right? And he highest tuberculosis rate, girl, <laughs> according to TB. my mom. TB. Anyway, but he first of all he's half Indian, which uh, okay, and then so second of all he would always complain. He would always complain about Sunset Park because he's like these damn Puerto Ricans and Mexicans and blah blah. He refused to go to the Blink Fitness in Sunset Park, even though it was right around the corner. And he was like, I'd rather go to Crunch Fitness and go to Park Slope and take the train instead because I don't want to deal with people like blah blah blah. I'm like. I just hate when white people, he's not white, but he is what he says he's white. I hate when white people move into ethnic neighborhoods and they're always the woke liberal, college liberal people. They move into ethnic neighborhoods and then they complain that they feel too uncomfortable. Oh, it's unsafe where I live. I'm like, so what you're saying is you're finally in a liberal neighborhood. Right. And you're like, "Mm, not for me. To paraphrase a tweet I saw, um, don't move to a neighborhood like this for the culture and then call the cops on the culture. Right. It's like Which when is peop- what people right. like him People do. are always like, oh, there's always like a, like a quinceanera going on in the morning and it wakes me up. I'm like, well, don't fucking live here if you don't want quinceaneras going on. Right. Don't yeah, fucking exactly. live here. Um, so yeah, I thought that that was really interesting because, well, I mentioned this, um, cause that would be Mike. Mike yes. would do that. Mike would move to and like, we've already yeah. seen proof of that. And absolutely. Seen, yeah. yeah. He's a fucking, yeah. The way that he interacts but with Gloria. But I just love that moment. No, it's a brilliant moment. And I think it's great, especially because as we've said many a time before the, um, the show's writers weren't 
the show is not purely didactic. The, the show, the show's writers were not just there to propagate a liberal right. viewpoint or a liberal liberal philosophy. A, They're yeah. there to expose the complicated nature of everything. Yeah, exactly. Which is just smart. So, and I think it's what America needs right now. And I you know what? I'm hearing yes. a lot about everything, like when it comes to the Roseanne thing, when it comes to the Michelle Wolf thing, and it's just like you know what. I've never felt like we've been in a liberal bubble more than with this Michelle Wolf thing. Yeah. To be fair. fair. I think what she said was hilarious and great. I agree. But I, but I think it was easy. I don't um, know. I just. So, yeah. So wait. Yeah. So going back to the Mike thing, I love this because, and I brought this up in several episodes, uh, several episodes prior, but there's a really brilliant essay by Gayatri Spivak, who's a literary critic and a philosopher. Um, this is written in the 1980s and it's called Can the Subaltern Speak? And she talks about white men going to like Middle Eastern countries or brown countries um, to paraphrase her essay. She goes like it's white men going to brown countries and saving brown women from brown men. And what ends up happening is it becomes a war between white men and brown men about what to do with brown women. And in the end, you are silencing the brown women without considering what they want to do. Right. And we still hear this today, even in 2018 with, you know, conservatives who are like, um, you know, Islam is an oppressive religion and look at what they look at how they treat their women and look at what they do to their women. And first of all, you don't give a shit about what happens to women at all. Right. Don't pretend. Like, like but, when Saudi Arabia allowed women to drive and when Saudi Arabia opened its first movie theater, all the liberals were like, you see progress. And I was like, you know what? You don't fucking live in Saudi Arabia. You don't exactly. fucking know what it's exactly. like to be anyone there. So why don't you just shut the fuck up? Yeah. Mike, what I find also interesting is that Mike also represents the liberal my parents hate. So whenever I've gotten into arguments with my parents, they always, the way they talk about liberals is not the way that I perceive liberals today. The way they talk about liberal, they talk about like college liberals. Like, yeah. oh, like you liberals, like, you know, you're all bleeding hard and you care so much about poor people until one of them moves into your backyard and then you're shying away from them. And I'm like... No one I graduated college with would do that. Granted, because I went to a CUNY, and CUNY is predominantly... It's an incredibly diverse college. Plus, it's predominantly people that grew up in New York, so it's different. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, I also think that there are two different generations of liberal. And I think that Mike embodies the liberalism that my parents reject, which not to sympathize with their anti-liberalism, but to an extent I understand because... Mike espouses the NIMBY, the not in my backyard mindset, where as long as he's theorizing about blackness or as long as he's theorizing about queerness, that's fine. But when he actually encounters a person of color or when he actually has to when he actually has to have a serious conversation with his wife about their roles in the marriage, he flounders. He fucking sucks. Right. And I think but here's the thing is like you think in this episode I feel like if you were like if you were like a view like yeah if you were watching this and you were like well Mike Mike and Gloria will probably come in and save the day it's probably what people were thinking because they're liberal people and then that gets shut down meanwhile Edith with her empathy is the only one that does it her empathy her naivete her right. innocence like, but I think it's she's just, just such a- I think it really is like because it's like the moment she's like wow that must have been really 
a horrible way to grow up. Right, the two burglars share some of their life stories, basically. Yeah. And they're sharing... Well, they're obviously exaggerated, and they're trying to poke fun at Mike. Right, exactly. Mike and Archie's idea of what their childhoods were like. They're satirizing both Mike's and Archie's ideas. But they say some funny shit. That is such funny dialogue. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's so good. They're just like, what do they say? They're like, oh yeah, and our father. You had a father? Oh, and this that we are. Oh, we had a rat this big. Our roaches ate our rats. We didn't have we didn't have food, so we didn't have roaches. Yeah. And Edith is gobbling the whole thing up, and she she's just like, wow. Like I don't know how you can laugh um, after experiencing such a miserable miserable childhood. And oh, that moment. And, and they practice. say to her, "Practice, lady, practice." Like it, it gets very serious in that moment. Right. I mean, um, it's a great moment, but I think it's like, you know, you can take all. I think what they're trying to say is you can take all the sociology and anthropology or whatever classes you want to take. But empathy is the only thing that's really going to get you through it. You know, on trying to really understand on an emotional level. And an unassuming personality and an, too. Uh, yeah. Because again, very similar to what Spivak is arguing in her essay. In this case, you have two men who are two white men who are arguing over the experience of a black man. You have Mike who's like, no, it's this way. And Archie who's like, who's like, no, it's this way. Meanwhile, the person who has actually lived the experience, who has actually um, encountered the oppression that both Mike and Archie have never oppre- have yeah. never experienced before are the ones who are just like, like, I mean, they're laughing at it because they think it's absurd that two people who have never experienced this before have so much to say so, yeah. and so many assumptions about the experiences of someone whose life they can never embody. Um, And Edith, on the other hand, what Edith does well and why she saves the day is she's an amazing listener. And she's always an amazing listener. She sits there and she listens to what they have to say. And granted, she's naive and she's gullible and and she believes everything they're saying and she doesn't catch on to the fact that they're mocking Archie and Mike. But... She does what she understands. A, she, does what, she does what she does what a hegemonic saying, yeah. what a what a hegemonic or non-oppressed person should do. She sits there and she listens and she goes, "Wow, I never thought of that." Well, and then she offers them food, which is just like it's oh, so sweet. You know, it's just like yeah. It is well, very I sweet. Think I, think she, like, I think she's also trying to like diffuse right. the and as yeah. a as a like I mean obviously I can't speak for that experience, but as a gay man, I feel like that's why a lot of gay men only have other gay friends. It's because emotionally they understand each other. Absolutely. Like on a very just like core level. And I, and think, I mean, think about it. And from, that's just life. Right. You know and I mean? think about it from the burglar's perspective. I mean, I know it's solipsistic of me, but like think about it from the burglar's perspective where imagine like you and I are sitting in a room and two straight people, like a straight woman and a straight man are arguing over what our experience is like. Right. Like they both need to shut the fuck the, up. Yeah. Well, I've had that happen. I've literally... Literally, yeah. someone did that to me, and I was like, "You don't fucking know what the fuck you're talking about." Exactly. Actually, like I did. I saw stand up yesterday, and this guy goes up, and he's like, "I wish I was gay," and I was like, "Oh, here we fucking go." I, he I've heard like, that. I've heard that way too often. It's such a stick now. I'm like, yeah, "Here we go." Another attractive white man has to tell me how he wishes he was gay because it'd be so much easier for him. It's like, hey, and then they placate us by throwing us like some patronizing compliment, right? Like, like gay people have really good fashion sense. I wish I were gay. Right. Like, no, the thing is, like, what he said was like I wish I was gay because it's so easy because like you know you just like you just get an app and you can just meet meet him in like aisle four of the Dwayne Reed and then just suck his dick and then you know whatever and it's like okay that happened one time no I'm kidding <laughs> that happened one time Connor no I'm kidding four times four times each aisle I just took every- 
in nine times day. in one night. There was nine aisles in there. No, but he just made all these broad assumptions about how easy it is, and I'm like, you don't fucking know. You really have no fucking idea. It's also reductive. I mean, you're reducing and boiling down our experience to like, oh, we have a good fashion sense, and we're or funny, we and just, girls like to hang out with us. No, or you're boiling it down to like, oh, all gay men do is have sex, and it's like, no, it's actually not at all like that. Yeah, I would say at least 70% of our lives is having sex. Well, I no, would I mean, say 88% of our lives is having sex. Yeah, no, like 93.9% is having yeah. sex. I also am a firm believer, especially in the case of straight women, that my space is my safe space is your safe space. So if a group of women want to come to a bar for the night and just want to dance and have fun and not worry about being judged or worried about being sexually assaulted or date raped, and they want to come to a gay bar because that is their respite, that is their solace then by all means i welcome it but if you're coming to a gay bar for reasons like that because you want to fetishize gay men and gawk at gay men dancing on top of the bar or because you enjoy the compliments and the positive um praise that you receive from them then that you know that's a problem and again it's the idea of two straight people talking about the gay experience or co-opting a safe space for gay people right. for their own selfish purposes. Well, that's how those two, that's how they felt about Archie and Mike in that moment. And then Edith just to turn around and just be like, well, oh, that must have been really hard. Because she listened. And then offer them a sandwich. It's like, oh, well, okay, bitch, have your, have your appliances back, have your money back. We're out of here. I don't know. I just think empathy goes a long way. Empathy, yeah. Empathy exactly. and listening, and empathy is, listening is part of empathy, I feel. Absolutely. But, yes. Absolutely. Um, the show answers some of its questions, is what I'm saying. Right, and returning to the gun issue, I mean, the show makes an overt argument about how ridiculous it is to have a gun in the house. Well, right. Yeah, I mean, the gun thing. I mean, I love Edith just being like, so what you're saying, Archie, is if the gun wasn't in the house, they wouldn't have the gun. And it's like, ugh. It's pretty funny. I mean, it's pretty fucking ironic. Yeah, it's also the truth. I mean, yeah, absolutely. We won't touch on the gun issue too heavily because there's another episode. There's a there's a gun episode coming up. That's pretty exactly fun, yeah. yeah. So we're going to abstain. We're going to abstain. We're going to be moment. gay men abstaining, which is rare because ninety nine point nine percent of our lives is sex. <laughs> um... What else? I haven't listened to that song. I'm just going to say it. I liked the song. You're wrong. It was Listen, a really bad song. I think with a nice beat and like a nice rhythm, it would have gotten like radio play. It's like if this, terrible. If I mean, this episode aired now. Play. I mean, if you think about a Carly Rae Jepsen's, um, hey, I just met you, but this is crazy, but here's my number, so call me maybe. Like, um, her, Okay, like, do you mean the most iconic song of all time? Like, don't fucking hate on Call Me Maybe. It's one of the worst songs ever. Why don't you suck my life. dick, Alex? That's a great song. We're not drunk enough for that. <laughs> um, no, I love Carly Rae Jepsen. I have it on record. I wouldn't say I hate Carly Rae Jepsen. I just hate that song. Right. That song is different, though. You have to listen to her second album, Emotion. It's so good. Okay. All right. I, I trust you. Okay. I trust you. That'll be my homework for next week. God, I'm sweating now. Um. So, yeah. So, Edith's song could have been remixed. If this was and... if this was airing today and there was this many people watching it, as many people as watched it, or, like, as many people... It would have been an iTunes. I've watching like Roseanne. Tomorrow, yeah. yeah. It would have been, like, someone would have remixed it and it would have been a thing and I would have been so happy because <laughs> I am about this jam. I know. Well, they made Miranda 
Amanda Cosgrove as singer. Do you remember? Did you watch Drake and Josh as a kid? Yes, and iCarly. Good. Okay. Yeah. So when the, yeah. So when they love made me I, some Amanda Cosgrove. Exactly. So when they made iCarly, she sang the intro to that show, and Drake Bell. I forgot what he, I think he like played in the band for it, or he like helped produce it. Or Drake Bell was involved in some way, shape, or form. And I remember being like, God, like maybe 15 or 16 years old. I don't remember when iCarly came out, but I remember hearing that and I'm like, oh fuck, they're going to make Miranda Cosgrove a singer. And they did. They like released an oh, yeah. album by Miranda Cosgrove. There's, uh, all of them have albums. And I mean, and it didn't go anywhere. Thank the Lord. But Right. I mean, do you remember Lindsay Lohan's first album? Yes! I'm tired of rumors starting. I'm tired of... Da, 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 da. Oh, it's so rumors. I'm waiting good. for Amanda Bynes' album. That loved, is the day. I loved Lin- Lindsay Lohan's debut album. I loved. I got it for Christmas one year. <laughs> I literally got it for Christmas, and I kept asking my dad and my brothers. I was like, "You please, I just want the Rumors album. I want the Rumors by Lindsay Lohan album." And you oh. could tell back then they were like, "This is." He, I was eleven. They were like, "This fucking faggot ass <laughs> brother that I have." Lindsay Lohan. And my oh. dad kept saying like, "No, it's gay. We're not doing it." And I was like, "Oh, I'm not gay. I just love Lindsay Lohan." Clutching your pearls. Like literally clutching my pearls. Oh, then, Lindsay Lohan. I hope she's okay. She's not. She's Muslim now. I don't know. It's, it's like a whole situation. She's like half Greek and was half Muslim now. It's a situation. Us, was she the one who recently but told us to leave my Trump dad, alone? My dad kept saying... was that Amanda Bynes? No, that was Amanda Bynes. It was... A, so, no, see, it was someone who... I feel like, like they've morphed into the same person More now, or less. Honestly. Well, because it happened like back to back. So Lindsay Lohan had her Twitter meltdown. And then Amanda Bynes, like a year later, was like, I want Drake to murder my vagina. Oh, which yes. Fair. Love that tweet. But, um, but, okay, no. I don't think Drake is attractive. No, Every I time I, I just see Drake, no, I, I imagine think, him in the wheelchair from Degrassi, and I just right, can't no, go I, don't, I don't think Drake is attractive, but God's the whole murder man. my vagina thing, like, I'm all about that. Oh, like, yeah, please, no, for sure. Like, tear me inside out. I, okay, forth. wait, this, this Rumors by Lindsay Lohan story has a happy ending. So Christmas morning, I wake up, and there's this, like, box that's not shaped like a CD, and I open it, and I'm like, what is this? And I open it, and it's Rumors by Lindsay Lohan. And my dad was like, I'm just fucking with you. It wasn't gay. And I was like, oh. You listened to the whole soundtrack he literally, and danced to it in your, in your parents' I'm bedroom. I'm tired of Rumors. Start. That song has some serious jams on it. That album. That whole album. If you think about it, if you compare it to Rehab by Amy Winehouse, I mean, it's not the same because Rehab is an incredible song and Rumors... Was also of, an incredible song. Wasn't of the same caliber, but it's, um, it's it's interesting insofar as it responds to the paparazzi. It responds to the critiques of the I, I think it's, I think it's interesting in that way. Like it's, there's it's a also, song that's not about love. It's a song about like fighting back. Against- her second album has a song called "Confessions, Father to Daughter," and it's about her relationship with her father. And I live for that music video and that song. I would watch it every day in seventh grade. I'd be like, "Father to daughter." Father to daughter. So I to love. Epi- I back love. Back to the okay. episode. I've been anyway, robbed twice. Did you've I been robbed twice. My family has been robbed twice. Girl, I've never been robbed twice. Yeah. Don't I say that now? I was so the first time was really scary. I was ten years old, and it happened while we were in the house. Oh my god! But like, so I remember that night. My dad was away. He, I can't remember. Like he, he wasn't home. Like I think he was in Atlantic City or something like that with a group of his friends. Like. Okay. Whatever. So it was me. So at the time I was 10 years old. So my brother was, I had, my youngest brother was like a year old, not even, maybe like months old. 
Um, and I had another brother who was a toddler and another brother who... I was, thought you were going to say another brother that was a top. And I was like, what? How did you know? Who was a anyway. toddler. And then another one who was like six years old. We were all very young. Like, I was the oldest. I, I am the oldest. I was 10 years old at the time. And I forgot why, but I think that we were like all in my mom's bedroom and like we were all like watching a movie or something. Like, and I think we like all just fell asleep in my parents' bed, like oh, I'm with my mom or whatever, because we were all there anyway. And we woke up the next morning and the house was like ransacked, which means that like people broke into our house while we were sleeping and robbed us. And I that's mean, crazy. I mean, they, they robbed like a couple of credit cards, which isn't a big deal. The biggest problem was that they robbed our camcorder, camcorder. Um, they robbed our like video camera with all of our home movies. So like wow. all of our memories from like age, like for me, from like, like my parents' honeymoon, like me oh. age zero up until 10, like all were lost, scattered to the wind. Why so would that, you take tapes though? That's Well, so I think stupid. they just grabbed the camcorder and in the camcorder, like were the tapes. So like, oh, like, like the, the whole in the case, bag, in yeah. The, yeah. So I think that's what they did. Oh, so that, that's it was, fucked up. It was really difficult. Like if I was a robber, I would take those out and like throw them somewhere just so you had them. Yeah, exactly. I'd be thoughtful about it. Exactly. And then we got robbed again when I was 15 or 16. We had moved into a new house two blocks away. And we got, like, we, we, we were away for that weekend. We came home and the house was torn the fuck apart. I can't tell you how scary of an experience it is when you come home and your house has been torn apart. Like, you feel so violated. Well, okay, you- I, have, I haven't been robbed, but I, ha- I do know what it's like coming home and having my entire apartment ransacked because of my old roommate. Oh, who was okay. a trash bag? Well, it's different. Moving well, it's, on, it's different in this case, not because of the mess, but because like, you, you were feel, robbed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> because you were robbed, you feel violated. Yeah, like you were robbed, you feel violated, and you also get the sense that someone has been watching you and like staking out and like that's like, creepy. Like someone yeah. has been keeping an because, eye. Because yeah, they know you. They knew you were gone. And how many exactly. hours you'd be gone? That's some crazy and shit. That time was really difficult. I mean, they stole all of the jewelry my dad had like gotten my mom over the like the twenty years that they had been married. God. They stole well, which you know, which really sucked. My dad didn't care. My dad's like, I'll just get more jewelry. And my mom was upset because it was you know, right? It was, it's me- it's, yeah, it's memories. The the memory hardest. All alone in the moon, just like Miranda Cosgrove. That's that's <laughs> this is our Miranda Cosgrove Stop. episode. <laughs> <laughs> so the worst part of that robbery was my grandmother was dying that year and she gave my mom this like platinum ruby bracelet that had been passed down in the family for oh, generations. No. And that was like her, that was literally like on her deathbed. She's like, I want you to have this and like gave it to my mom. Ugh. The only affection she has ever shown my mom in like her entire, um, at that point, like 45 years of existence and that was like the only t- like like sweet moment my mom ever had with my grandmother, and it was a beautiful like Lord knows how much it went for, and they stole that, and my mom like still hasn't gotten over it till this day. That's so, up. yeah, it's a horrible feeling. I mean, I brought it up because this episode is in part. So clearly, about what you're saying is that your mom doesn't listen to this podcast. My mom does not listen to this <laughs> podcast. Um, she does not listen to Miranda Cosgrove's albums or Lindsay Lohan or Carly Rae Jepsen or the album that Amanda Bynes will be releasing shortly. Well, she's missing out. She's missing out. Um, Yeah, it was a horrible... That's crazy. So that was, you know, so in this episode, Archie says, yeah, take whatever you want and just leave us alone. And from experience, I can say that 
you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's just material items. Like, you can steal my money and that'll suck. And you can steal my jewelry and that'll suck. But from firsthand experience, I can say that certain things that get robbed when you do get robbed, yeah, they're material items and they can be replaced physically. But it's it's an incredibly painful experience to go through. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, my mom Especially actually, when it's tapes. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know... It's like if they took photo albums, I guess, if, if the bark of the bunkers, that'd be like fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No. It, yeah. Ex- like. Ex- yeah. Like taking photo albums. Like imagine like your wedding ring getting stolen. I mean, my right, mom yeah. always has her wedding ring. She has. No. Like, yeah. Yeah. I know finger, what you mean. But um, you know, it's yeah, it's a horrifying experience, and I think this goes back to Mike trying to empathize with the burglars, not saying that he shouldn't have, but. Just, like, him getting on, like, his sanctimonious high horse. Yeah. And he'd be like, well, you know, Archie doesn't empathize with the socioeconomic circumstances that, suck, that you suck know... Suck my um, dick. That, suck my dick, Mike. Yeah, that, it, you know, that make you rob in the first place. And they were just like, shut the fuck up, Mike. Like, You're a piece of shit. Shut, shut the fuck up. I hate him so much. In every episode... I also hate Archie. Now, I know that Archie is supposed to be portrayed as, like, the lovable racist. Like, well, yeah, he's a I bigot, thinking... but at the same time, like, you love him... He's just so mean. I will say, when I watch the show, I'm like, I love him. And then every time I see my Uncle Nick, and then I watch the show, I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, Archie. Because my Uncle Nick is Archie Bunker. So I get fucking annoyed. Anyway, um, I will say, I was thinking about this this morning, and I was like, what are the most valuable things I own? It's my laptop. I was thinking, like, it's like that's... My laptop, well, or my phone, I guess, but it's like, I have like a payment plan on it. So it's like, what are you going to get? You know what I mean? Right. I have insurance on it. You know what I mean? If someone stole my laptop though, and my hard drive, like there's everything. That's like everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, and my all in the family DVDs. Like those are the three most valuable things I own. I feel. Is that sad? No, I don't think it's sad. That's like the way, that's like the world right now. Right? Yeah. My laptop definitely, um... My hard drive, if someone took my hard drive, oh, I'm fucked. Yeah. That'd be sad. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm trying to think if, like, if, if we were robbed, like, what... Yeah, my laptop, because I have so many pictures on it, and I'm a huge... Right. I'm, I'm very big on, like, taking pictures and... Are there certain the things that you wish they could take? Maybe that couch? Yes. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding. No, no, I'm just no, no. fucking not, with no, you. No, you're not kidding. And you're 100% Dude, I'm right. not. So I'm just so fucking we're, with so you. So we're looking, we're looking at my couch right now, which is a piece of shit. We paid like $80 for a I'm just sitting here trying to get Alex to like, just to be like, get get rid of the couch. That's what that's what this podcast yeah, is no, about. Yeah, they can take this couch. They, they can honestly take my apartment. It's such a shithole. <laughs> it's such okay. a shithole. Okay. If I weren't living here, I would give our listeners, our three listeners, the address so that they could like know where I live and know like to boycott it. I'm or, gone from like, nine I want a to three. Twitter hashtag. Like I want a Twitter trend starting about what a shitty apartment this is. Hate my landlord. I wish someone could kidnap him. Could should steal him. Well, your landlord downstairs has a sign outside of your apartment. Oh, I love that. That's sign. not my landlord. That's my landlord's son, who's even oh, more. Oh my inbred. god! So that sign cracks me up every time I come to your apartment because it says there's a sign outside of his apartment that says. Don't don't beware of dog, beware of owner. And, and there's a, a gun. It's, it's a, a picture, picture of, of a person, gun. Yeah, shooting a gun. It's so it's so like wow. Also, Sunset Park. He also Ooh. has a he has a Rottweiler, a pet Rottweiler named Radar, and he has like a radar tracking system like attached to its neck. 
the dog is the cutest thing ever. Like, he's so gentle. Like, every time I see him, he's, like, really friendly and really cute and adorable, and I can pet him, but... Radar. Yeah, Radar is the fucking dog's name. Um, yeah, he's a weirdo. Wow, that's a lot. That's he's a, a lot. We need, we need fewer people with guns. Beware of owner. And by fewer people, I mean we need no one with guns. No one should have a gun. I'm anti-gun. 100%. So how do you feel about guns, though? We should get rid of them. Oh, okay, cool. I we was just double checking. All, we should melt all of all of the guns in a statue, um, and yeah, turn the statue into Colin Kaepernick. But recently, Colin Kaepernick <laughs> kneeling during the anthem—that's what I want to do. That'd be a lot. That would be a well, whole. Well, I think lot. like a couple of months ago, I, no, several months ago after the um, it also feels like a really in, big statue. The shooting in Las Vegas. Tommy Lahren posted fucking Tommy Lahren. She posted a status. She posted a tweet saying she was leftist. Just be honest. You hate guns and you want them to be taken away from us. Be, be taken away from us. Be honest about your disdain for our rights. And I'm like, was this ever unclear? Yeah, like we just don't want guns. And I'm like, are, are you like, are you exposing anything new? Here? Be honest. It's like, be honest, Alex. You're I gay. Hate her. So, yeah. yeah, basically. I, yeah, I know. She, Bitch, oh, yeah. her, Laura Ingram, like all of them. I hope that the next time Tommy Lauren is like dusting her ceiling fan that she gets her hair caught in the fan and it just like swings her around the room and catapults her out the fucking window. That's a new one. I haven't heard that one, Just Alex. imagine it. I mean, No, like, I'm imagining it and it's great. I mean, it's she's, like a great She's visual. not going to be dusting her own fan. She definitely hires like people of color. She openly hates on Fox News to oh, do to that Oh, to dust her fan. Oh, 100%. To dust her fan. But I would, love, I would love for the person dusting her fan to be like, Tommy, I'm having a hard time. Can you and reach this? <laughs> she's like, here's how it's done. And yeah, her hair just gets just it. Ah, Fox News! Yeah, exactly. She's just spinning around. She's like, be honest, the guns! And then, like, the entire fan detaches from the ceiling and just, like... This is just, Final Destination. Yeah, this she, like, Final smashes Destination against six. the wall and smears down. And so... This has been all on the podcast. This everyone. has been all the podcast. Um, Drunk on, all on the podcast. On the visual of of Tommy Lauren, Tommy Lauren sliding down her wall, bloody as fuck, from getting <laughs> beat by a ceiling fan. Have a but great week. We love you. We love you. We respect you. But mostly, gays have a lot of sex. All in the family was recorded on tape before a live audience. 